You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Welcome to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off, and I am sounding off today with Jean Llewellyn out of California. Jean, I have to start with this today. It's it's just came over the news that as soon as Elon Musk purchased Twitter, all of a sudden, Alejandro Mayorkas, our director of Homeland Security, has decided that he now has a new department called the Disinformation Governance Board. So they want to uh, basically kind of stifle the speech now that Elon Musk has bought Twitter in order to have free speech for everybody, regardless of if you're far left, far right, somewhere in the middle, they want to now stifle it and make rules around it. Isn't that just a coincidence? Well, it's pretty, it's pretty transparent, uh, uh, Linda, absolutely. And I find it really uh, kind of funny. Actually, I, I, I tweeted and posted today that they set this up. So all of the Twitter employees who are, who are running out of, uh, out of Twitter will have a place to go and have a safe space. They'll all go be bureaucrats at the government, uh, government uh, governance board, right? I oh, mean, because yeah. it's literally who's gonna, who are they gonna hire? They're gonna hire the ex, the ex Twitter employees who, who you know, I, I just just absolutely uh, ludicrous the whole thing. And then to put uh, this Nina Jankowitz in charge, who is clearly a uh, uh, partisan. Uh, in her in her past claims, the, the, her tweets and her social media stance and the things that she's involved in, she's a total never trumper. Um, right. Well, she, she was at the Wilson Center. The Wilson Center, in and of itself, is a very very leftist place to be. So yeah, she's you know how I see this, as I see that the disinformation board is not the disinformation board to stop conservatives, although that's what they want to do, but it's really a disinformation board because don't forget that she is somebody that absolutely denied the validity of the Hunter Biden laptop. And she, I think she still does. And even though everybody has admitted that it's uh, real and that it's, you know, uh, not a hoax, it's, it's a real thing. She is still in denial of that. And I, I just feel like I, I don't know. This this is a very Nazi-esque move on the part of Mayorkas. Why? Who else in history has had a disinformation board? The Nazis did under Joseph Goebbels. So I, I, I'm just, I'm shocked that as soon as somebody who wants to open up conversation to everybody in the country, not just one side of the country, and not censor the other side that they come up with this disinformation board. And where do they get off doing this under the Department of Homeland Security? Well, it, it, and it's again, it's another it, it will be or would be. I don't think it's going to go anywhere because um, um, I, I don't think it's going to be allowed because it's not in the purview of what the DHS was originally set up. So it's beyond the scope of what they were set up to do. So I think it will be challenged from that standpoint um, and created as a moot, uh, it'll be moot from, from that point. But the, um, 
uh, you know, it's another bureaucratic, uh, non-transparent, non-accountable group of elites that are going to dictate the thought police. And I don't think Americans, I think we've seen through, um, you know, we've been 10 years uh, in the internet now. And people understand that, that you just, you don't know if you don't know, uh, right? And so you've got to, um, you have to turn the page, read past the headline. Everybody kind of gets that now, that information is king and where your sources and that there's there's bias on either side. Everybody kind of is understanding that now. And that was a big deal because especially the older folks that grew up with Walter Cronkite, you know, it's like believing everything your doctor says, right? You you have you kind of have to break out of that and start thinking for yourself. And I think with everything that's gone on with with the Trump presidency, it really forced everybody into uh, waking up to that and realizing that we can't just sit here and be spoon fed. We have to start thinking for ourselves. And, um, you know, what is it that Jefferson said? A well-informed citizenry is the best defense against tyranny. Well, here we go. <laughs> this is why, right? Absolutely. I, I, I'm hoping it doesn't go anywhere. I can't imagine that America is going to sit still for this, although they sat still for a lot more than I would have uh, thought, you know, a few years ago. And, and we need to really just start taking our country back because they are trying to take it from us step by step by step. And I, I'm sure that you also saw the, the, the Title IX uh, uh, changes that the administration wants to make and, and change the whole definition of sex so that they can include this in all of the education for the kids and so that there, there could always be transgenders in the women's sport and that they can use the women's bathrooms. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm got not sure the direction that we're going in this country just seems really, really far out there to me. Well, let's, let's not say the direction the country's going in. Let's call it what it is, which is a far left extremist group that is putting forth these policies that the American people are not gonna stand for. So they can stand over there on their curb and wave their flag and do whatever they need to do, but the American people are gonna have their voice and it's coming up in, in a matter of weeks now with the primary looming up uh, for us in California, it's June 7th. So America will, ha will have its voice. And, um, and I mean, look at what Florida is doing. These aren't crazy esoteric policies that are being proposed. These are, these are, this is legislation that these poli the politicians are enacting and getting nailed down so that we have election integrity, so that we protect some of these basic principled um, um, institutions and organizations. And so what this does, in my opinion, with crazy things like trying to gut Title IX, is it's going to force the issue to go up to the Supreme Court to say, say, no, it is not constitutional to take away these rights from this majority group of people to give them to this minority over here. You have to create another lane so that the majority minority has their ability to live their, you know, do their thing without sacrificing the rights and infringing on the rights of these of the majority. And, you know, it's, 
you you can't I mean Disney is learning that lesson the hard way right now. You can't pander to the to the five percent while you're 95 is which is your bread and butter you know that you turn your back on them because that's not a sustainable business model and it's it's not it's not a sustainable model for the for america either in my opinion i don't don't see it happening oh and and you're right i mean the answer is the elections and we do have primaries coming up in a lot of different places um We've already had ours in Texas, and we have the anything that was, you know, a, a runoff is actually happening now as we speak. So we'll see how that goes. And then, of course, then we have the, the elections in November. But even after that, we still have another two years of Joe Biden. And Joe Biden has done so much damage to uh, this country in the year, year and a half that he's been in office. It's it's stunning to me. I, I mean, everything from uh, oh, the things that we just talked about, but also to to our economy, which is the worst economy since I think 1981, the highest inflation since 1981. This this has been a very hard time for people. You know, we we all had to go through. COVID, we all had to be locked down. So many people lost their jobs. So many people have not gotten back to work. Uh, A lot of people because they've chosen not to, but however you want to look at it or whatever the reasons our economy is still very, very poor. Um, People don't have enough employees and the employees that they have are untrained. So our customer service, in my opinion, is the worst I've ever seen it. But on top of that, we have huge inflation high gas prices, uh, a war that we are helping support for another country, which I'm not opposed to, but I do believe that we have to take care of our own country first in some ways because we we cannot continue to spend the kind of dollars that the Biden administration has spent on their stimulus, a lot of which money has been uh, fraudulently taken by people inside and outside of our countries, including people like uh, the Boston bomber who, who, you know, got a stimulus in, in prison. It, this, this is crazy. We, we can't continue to print money and spend it and expect that we're not going to have high inflation and leading to a recession. Well, and the proofs in the pudding with this new first quarter, um, uh, numbers that have that we've got a, a negative 1.4 percent, uh, and this is the second quarter, which is the recipe for recession. And no matter how quickly the the White House tries to backpedal on this, um, you, you know what the last quarter was because I thought that this is the first quarter. Well, and. I was watching uh, Fox business this morning and they were talking about it being the second quarter in decline. So they may be, I mean, this is a negative number. This is far worse than what they were anticipating, which I don't understand. It's like, how can they be so off all the time? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know when I, when I do my books, I, you know, there may be a 3%, but some of these uh, disparities are make me scratch my head onto why these people are so out of touch with 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 the reality of the numbers. I I, I see the you know the the White House is trying to backpedal on all this to try to point the blame at all these other things that you were naming the war and the uh, and, and this and that. 
Um, and the COVID, of course, is a huge, uh, a huge scapegoat. Um, but they don't ever talk about the fact that we, we printed money like nobody's business. Um, they're counting unemployment rates based on, um, I mean, I question the unemployment numbers because even too. when it's like it, the e, all of these things, the, the PPP loans and how all of that, the government never is very good at counting numbers. Look at what the CDC did with COVID deaths and everything. It was like, you know, it was everything was kind of a little, yeah, well, I'll kind of take that with a grain of salt. It wasn't, it, it, it didn't, it didn't really jive with, you know, knowing that you, I didn't know any hospitals. I got kids and family all over the country, uh, that, hospitals that actually got shut down. But, you know, you, it just makes you kind of go, well, maybe it's true, but probably not. You know, it's, it's all part of this uh, propaganda machine that we, that has now been uh, revealed to be, uh, always be skewed towards this agenda and this narrative to keep their policies going. And in my opinion, those policies were that money printing machine that they're doing now to, to feed back into the Ukraine. And I, I mean, we'll see what, what, where that leads us with the whole laptop and Joe and this deal and the Ukrainian that, and, you know, who knows where that thread's going to, going to lead, but you, you know, the feds trying to keep their thumb so we don't tip into recession, but you know what I mean? So you stop, you raise interest rates, you stop printing money. It's a balancing act, but you know, I, I, they're kind of chasing after the horse and the barn doors already closing a little bit. I just, you've got to do some serious policy changes to be able to kickstart this economy back again. And you know what worked? The, Trump's policies, uh, deregulation, uh, giving incentives for companies. Our biggest problem with the recession is the lack of, 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 of exports. Our, our exports declined 6% and our imports surged 20%. Well, and, and who do we get the imports from primarily? Is yeah, from China. China. And, yeah. you know, so so to your point there, Jean, with, with Europe still buying their natural gas and their gas from Russia, they yes, are this paying morning, for the this war morning, in Ukraine. Right. Yeah, Russia came out and they're starting to do some shifting over there, which is a which is an issue for where this uh, where this conflict is going to go, because they're not uh, uh, Poland and another country. They were uh, Russia was cutting them off about who was going to get their hands as a part of that. Now, luckily, it's summertime and not winter over there anymore. Um, so I think I think that Russia is going to start messing with the supply to drive the numbers up because they obviously want to uh, bolster their economy, uh, you know, as much as they can, even though the U S yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, what we're doing in this country is Joe Biden's on day one, he stopped the pipeline uh, and he has not relented on that at all. This is the time that America should be selling the gas to Europe, the, the, the oil, all, all the things that Europe needs should be coming from here and not from Russia, because then we are not funding that war, which we are paying money. It, the, here's, it, it just makes no sense. So, so we're having Russia earn money to fund their war against Ukraine, 
because we won't open our pipelines and fund and or, and send the oil to Europe so that they are not funding Russia. So we are sending money to Ukraine to fight Russia. I mean, this is this is craziness. The, the, this is not going to work. So yep. what Joe Biden did is he said, okay, well, I will open 20% of the oil leases to people. And but he put so many regulations on them that it was too expensive for people to be able to do it. So they went back to Joe and said, well, we're not going to do this. I mean, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. This is costing us a lot of money. And then you put all these regulations on it that you don't tell other people about, and you expect us to, to, to pay for this. We have the answers right here and we are not utilizing them, but we're printing money and we're, putting our kids and grandkids in debt. And we're gonna keep talking about this when we come right back. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Thanks for listening. You can tune in to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at AmericaOutloud.com. So, Linda, the, the main things um, for GDP growth are consumer spending, supply chain, and, and productivity or exports. And I find it interesting when the, the, the White House tries to kind of placate this stuff and say consumer spending is high and, and uh, supply because the imports, the surge in imports, like I mentioned earlier, um, we were we were low shells were low because of covid so everybody placed orders thinking we were going to start this great comeback but because of the supply chain problems um of course you can't get the goods so we're going to we're going to kind of shoot our wads so to speak there and 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 use up that consumer spending from the money that was printed from all the covid relief money um go through the sh- the stuff that we've restocked the shelves with and because there's no productivity in the U.S., because our exports are declining and the imports, the supply chain is at a loss because guess what? The largest port in the world is Shanghai and Shanghai is shut down. So somewhere in here, there's a big wall of, you know, that the, the, the thread's going to stop because 
you're going to have these big bubbles of inactivity before you can play catch up on the other side. So I think that we're in for some tough times because it hasn't even caught up with this yet. The, the, the money that people are spending, the consumer spending that's happening now is people still spending their COVID money. I mean, a lot of people got PPP money and they're redoing their kitchens and buying new trucks. I mean, right. I mean, everybody knows that, that that's what's, what's going on. And so as soon as those numbers are posted and we get into the next one, a lot of this consumer spending also is credit card debt because that's not offset against that number either. So I think that we're going to be, what do you say? Pay the piper the, to, for whom the bell tolls. Yeah, well, I, I, think I, I think you're right. I think that we, we definitely are. And the Fed has already decided that they have been too slow to act. So, you know, home, home interest rates have gone up to about 6% right now. And I mean, that's, far higher than they were. It's double what they were. And the Fed, I, I would say in the next couple of weeks, you can expect the Fed to raise another half a percent. And then after that, they're going to raise another half a percent. So they're done raising the interest rates by quarter percents. They, they're going to half percents. That means that anybody who wanted to buy a house uh, is, is going to be paying much more money per month for that house. So that's slowing the, the housing market. What else goes with that? Everything that goes with the house, everything that goes with the new build, you're talking the labor, the lumber, the all the things that go with a new build. And then if it's, if it's a house that has been lived in, you're talking about new things in that house as well. You know, you buy a new refrigerator, you buy a new stove, you buy, so all of those things are going to be going down. And, and then as they raise the interest rates, uh, on everything. So on your credit cards, on your cars, on your everything, then it's, it's going to be a disincentive for people to buy things right now, which is what a recession is. It's, it's a disincentive to, to buy things. So the inflation is too high. Interest rates are too high. So people hold on to their money. That's, that's where we're going with this in very short order. And right. we are all going to be kind of in a holding pattern. And, you know, Joe Biden is worse than Jimmy Carter with the economy. This is the worst economy since 1981, which is in direct opposition to just a couple of years ago, the best economy we've had since the 80s under President Trump. There, there, there just was no reason for this. And if there's anybody that ever doubts that uh, the, the re the, the Republican way or the conservative way of handling the economy by letting the economy boom, by having less regulation, by having um, uh, more participation, by bringing money back from overseas and not having people escape because they're afraid of high taxes. If anybody doesn't believe that's the answer, now's the time to really be rethinking that because you can see it in the past, just in the last two years, we went from wealth to broke in, in a year and a half. Yeah, it really, it really is a, a, a indication of how wrong things can go. So by just making a couple of very key, um, a key bad moves can really sink the ship very quickly. But I, I mean, it's, it's not sunk, right? I mean, we, we saw with Trump, we, we came out of the crash of, of 08 and it, you know, we were kind of in a malaise there. What did, what did Obama do? He printed money, all of these quote unquote shovel ready jobs, right? That, that went nowhere. 
he a bunch of money got wasted in and all of these different um Salandra and all of that stuff for the Green New Deal uh, lost leaders that he put out there. We slowly, slowly chugged along. And when Trump came in, he made a couple of very key changes to basic policy issues, much more libertarian than Republican, I, I hearken to say. And wham, it just the lid came off because the pressure had been building up for a, for a de- almost a decade. And so all, all these companies were sitting there with all of this money on the sidelines afraid to jump in because they didn't know which way, you know, they were all looking at Hillary and thinking, oh my God, you're, you know, more of the same. So when Trump came in, the pressure knocked that lid off and we just exploded because that's what Americans do. They innovated, they got, they, you know, people got out there and got work, all that unemployment, regardless of how accurate the numbers were, there was certainly activity in all of the minority sectors for people getting back into the into the job into the job market. And I see that we're able to do that again. And um, uh, Kurt Schlichter's new book is We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, which is right the opposite. It's not the rise and fall, it's the fall and rise. So we'll 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 do it again. We if there's anything Americans know how to do, it's to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and and get back to work. Um, because that's what, you know, we, these crazy four day work weeks, like in California aside, <laughs> the rest of the country knows what the satisfaction of a good day's labor is and uh, that, that putting a good meal on the table as a result of it. And, I have a and lot why of- do you think, Gene, that, that we're in the malaise that we're in with employment right now, because people don't want to go back to work. I just because traveled. they were printing money. They were money was falling from the sky. Everybody was getting cash. And those that weren't getting cash were were um, saving their their pennies and not jumping back into it, which added to because of their caution. And indeed, they should have been. But and then you've got millions and millions of dollars that got flooded into the market. Um, with uh, with all of this, uh, my gosh, we had uh, 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 a huge amount of money. I, I don't want to say a billion, but it was a huge amount of money in the state of California alone on EDD unemployment uh, fraud uh, fraudulent cases, which has absolutely gone nowhere as far as trying to uh, get the money back or indict the people that were taking advantage of it. Well, they, they, they never will get it back. And it wasn't no. just California, but the, the federal government, the stimulus oh, money I heard that they put trillions. out, the I heard billions of dollars. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so think of what we could have flood. done with that money in the country. Yeah, we have to wait till all of that soggy marsh seeps into the dirt or and evaporates into the air and people quit buying all of their junk and 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 those that are in the, in the fervor and are jacking up their credit card debt you know, you've got people on all sides of the spectrum there, but we, that money has to dry up to create an incentive for people to A, go back to work, B, get out there and start innovating again, and C, feel the the pulse of the market. People have to feel comfortable about going out and going into debt for that house for those types of things. Uh, You know, Americans have a huge amount of, um, uh, credit card debt that is, and which kind of leads us back into that same place in the, in 08. Um, you know, the more debt you have, the more, the more they offer you. And a lot of people fall, fall prey to those things. 
And now it's not because they want a shiny new bauble. It's because they're trying to put groceries on the table. Well, it, it is. I mean, a lot of people saved money during COVID, which is a good thing. And that might get them through some of this uh, inflation and recession time. But I mean, people are going to have to go back to work. And I, I have to tell you that as I travel around the country, I, I just have never seen customer service as bad as it is in so many places. The, the waitresses in restaurants are completely disinterested in you. They're disinterested if you're happy or satisfied. They're disinterested in even walking over and taking your order. Yeah. And, and I'm not, and I don't want to lump everybody in the same category. There's always those that are great, but I'm saying that as a rule, what I'm seeing is different than what I saw before. And it's in every industry and it's in every job category and everybody's looking for workers and nobody wants to work. It's just befuddling to me that, that we as America um, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like we're not the America that I grew up in. I feel like we're not, that, um, you know, that can do attitude, yeah. that, yeah. that, that pride in yourself, that pride in your work. Um, because, you know, when you do a good job, it, it's, it is a good feeling. I, I can't imagine sitting around all day and doing nothing and feeling great about myself. Well, Linda, I can't help but think that um, looking back on how I uh, my parents were a lot older than I was growing up. So my dad used to say dungarees for, for Levi's and uh, close the icebox if you stood there staring into the refrigerator too long. <laughs> so, you know, there's always that separation, that generational type of a separation. But my parents instilled in, they were the original recyclers and they instilled in me certain basic uh, values um, of things, of, of moral, ethical, and also of things that, that really uh, stayed with me my whole life and that I imparted onto my kids. And I think that, that some of these younger generations, we've missed something in there. And you've got a lot of kids. I don't know if it's that everybody gets an award generation. I really think that that had something to do with it. But you've got this... Um, this, this group of, of people, this generation in the middle here, that they're, they are, they're lacking that. It wasn't translated to that, to the younger, the younger generation, and they've lost that drive. Certainly not all of them, but enough that have gone through school. They, they want their debts uh, wiped off. They all have these degrees in, they're all going into human resources with these, you know, biodiversity agrees, they're not making anything, they don't know how to build anything. And I really think it, we're going to suffer as a country, as a result of it, because, uh, you know, our, you know, Elon Musk isn't a isn't wasn't a homegrown uh, entity, we, we imported him from another country. You look out at the landscape, and it's kind of slim pickings. It's not a you don't have exactly what you said that uh, uh, that desire to achieve, to finish a job well done, that satisfaction. A lot and of that I, came from school, though, right? It came it obviously comes from our parents, but a lot of that came from school too because they taught. Um, well, you'd fail. You don't fail anymore. When right, I went through school, and you didn't. They, yeah, they taught critical thinking. Well, they don't do that anymore. And what, what do we find that they're doing now, the schools are doing with 
the stimulus money that they got for COVID, but using it on critical race theory teaching. I mean, that, that was not the idea, but really maybe it was the idea of the administration because the administration left them that loophole that they could use that money. So oh, absolutely. I'm, it was absolutely intentional. They would have had to return the money if they didn't, weren't going to use it for the purpose that it was designed for, but instead they gave them the loophole to be able to use it for these things. So I think that that was in the big plan. Yeah. And, and now you have, you know, California, Illinois, uh, New York, uh, all blue states that, that are using it for critical race theory. Um, I got well, I have to and, tell you, and administrative salaries, their salaries have course. all gone up. Yes, of, co- of <laughs> course. Give, give yourself a raise. You know, I mean, yes. that this is not what any of this was intended for. And what it's doing is putting the burden on all of our backs, all of our children's backs, all of our grandchildren's backs for for a very long time while they're indoctrinating our kids with um, the, the fact that they say to our kids that they can be any sex that they want. You know, yeah. they, they can say it in first grade, they can say it in second grade. And, and this was this whole brouhaha about Governor DeSantis, who said in, in uh, Florida, that is not going to stand. You will not be teaching our kindergartners through third graders this subject. That's not, that's not going to happen. You're not even going to talk about it. But for them to, to be indoctrinating our kids is, is horrific to me. And using our tax money to do it is more horrific to me. There is a mother that is suing a school district. And I, I don't remember where I just read it today. And, and I, I really like the way that she thinks, but she has been asking for what are my kids learning in your class? I want to know, you know, what the curriculum is, what books they're reading, what, what they're learning. And the school refuses to give it to them, to her. And so she was told she had to do a FOIA request. So she did the FOIA request. She didn't get anything back. She did uh, everything that they told her to do to get the information of what her child in that school is learning. Can you imagine? Yeah. I, when my kids now, my kids are in their, in their mid mid twenties and early twenties. So it, it, it's been a bit, but it hasn't been that long ago. And I was in that, I was a stay at home mom and I was in that classroom all the time. My kids, one of my kids, a uh, kindergarten teacher had an ailing mother back East and she was gone from that classroom almost more than half the time. And me and another mom basically stepped in and ran that kindergarten classroom. And the first, second, I used to go in and teach the kids how to read, bring them out in small groups. They got individual attention by the moms. I wasn't the only one. There was other, you know, and we stepped in and really were a part of that whole process. And I don't know if they've prevented parents from doing that or if there's just not enough stay-at-home moms anymore that have that ability to show up at the classroom. I'm not too sure where the disjoint is, but I I listen to this and I go, well, well, what do you mean you don't know what they're learning? Why aren't you in the, and especially elementary school, you were never told you couldn't like be a part of that. They were always looking for volunteers. So I find it, um, uh, uh, frightening that there that there that there's this movement to really and I don't think it's totally across the country. I think we hear about these individual cases that definitely need to be taken down a peg or two. Uh, but I think that there's still very very good schools with excellent teachers, you know, actually teaching the kids. 
in, in many of our uh, school, inst- public government schools across the country. But in order to prevent this seepage, um, you know, from, from bleeding all over the, the, the good ones, we have to legislatively create boundaries. And never before have we been faced with this nefarious intent to push this agenda, this, this minority agenda on the masses like, like we have been uh, in the last decade. And it's so frightening to me that we're, that the vernacular is always them. They're doing this to us. They're doing this to us. That's our public school. That's our city council. That's our board of directors. So we're all responsible for, for letting our voice be heard in these things. And we, 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 we're gone are the days of being able to say, oh, somebody else is going to take care of it because you don't know who that somebody is and they may have a whole different idea than what's going on in your head about how, about, you know, oh, it's just reading, writing, writing and arithmetic. Well, it's not. And you have to, uh, you have to get involved in these local politics. I, I, it's a huge lesson, I think, that we've learned the hard way in the last several years on how important it is to be in touch with local politics. Along with a healthy immune system, clean air is vital for optimal health. According to the EPA, we spend 90% of our time indoors, where germs are most concentrated. It's essential to clean indoor air. Genesis is the only technology that quickly, safely, and effectively kills pathogens both in the air and on surfaces in seconds, reducing the viral load in any environment. The powerful, well-built Genesis Fogger produces a dry, ultra-fine mist using HOCL, which occurs naturally in our own immune systems. We'll be living with airborne diseases in the future. New viruses and antibiotic-resistant superbugs are no problem for Genesis. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com slash outloud. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. I'm Linda Martinelli. I am a business owner and I am living in Texas and loving Texas. You know, with me today is Jean Llewellyn and I'm going to have Jean introduce herself because she has a a fascinating uh, job and she has a big event coming up. I want everybody to hear about it. Thank you, Linda. Um, Well, as you know, I'm the VP of programs for my Westlake Village chapter of the Republican Women Federated. And Republican Women Federated is the largest female volunteer organization in the country. Uh, Yes, there are that many conservative women out there. California actually has more members than Texas. <laughs> really? We're, we're, yes, yes, it's true. You would never know it. And part of that problem is because conservative voters in California 
are feel defeated. They feel like there's there's no chance that we're ever going to get back to uh, forget about majority rule. Let's just try to break up the trifecta and the supermajority that's provo- preventing any other uh, idea to come into that echo chamber. So we're really in a bad way out here. Um, and we were unsuccessful to get uh, Newsom out. And we are facing this primary on June 7th in California that is going to be the make or break. We stand to really make inroads, not only to help out on tipping the scales for the U.S. Congress, but certainly all of our local political positions. We have almost a split in the counties in the state of California who have gone for uh, this voter Gosh, I forgot what they what they've called it, but it's allowing uh, voter bo- block um, boxes, the pick, the the drop off boxes, mailing the the ballots out to everybody on the voter rolls, regardless of them being vetted or not. Um, and then and then almost half have said no. We're going to do one day of voting. You got to show some form of ID. Oh, you got to match. That is great. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. And so the sheer fact that that's almost a 50-50 split between our counties and the state of California tells me that people are rising up and they want to make sure that their votes are being heard. So as a, as a response to that, my club is putting together a massive event in one of our, uh, our lovely parks out here in, in the Ventura County area. And we're inviting all the politicians, Republican politicians. So I've got governor, candidates for governor and state treasurer and, uh, and attorney general, all the way down to park and rec. Um, uh, are, we've got people running in all different, uh, all different positions. And they're all gonna have an opportunity to have a table for a meet and greet in a convention style setup, and also have about five minutes or so at the microphone to introduce themselves to the audience. So we're also going to take that opportunity to rally supporters to make that last push towards the primary primary to help these politicians, uh, these candidates in um, walking the street precincts and getting the word out in a variety of different ways. So I really encourage uh, organizations and groups across the country to prov- especially in smaller towns, we're very close to LA, but we don't get the TV stations and the print media. We, we're just kind of, for, we're, you know, this little pocket out here, but very strong in our ability to affect change within our community. We have millions of people out here and a lot of other counties and areas across the country are the same way. And they, they don't have an opportunity to actually meet these candidates. And you get this stuff in the mail. It's it's not always truthful, but when you look somebody in the eye and shake their hand and say, "Hey, this is of concern to me. What are you going to do about it when you get in office?" That kind of interaction takes us back to the to the old days on the back of the trains, right? When we had the stump speeches in the in the open the parks in the town square, and getting back to that type of interaction with your constituency and with these with your electorate is going to make a huge difference. So we're very hopeful in our efforts to, um, you know, we're doing flyers, we're doing banners, we're trying to get the word out every way we can um, to cast the net beyond uh, the choir of our of our our club membership, so to speak, and get the people who are undecided and but but undeterred 
in in being able to make a difference with these with these elections coming up. So we're very hopeful that um, well, that it's well, going to make a difference. I, I think it's I, I, it, I do hope so much that they stop the ballot harvesting, stop the 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 collection boxes and get back to voting, you know, with ID. I mean, in California, I lived there for a very long time. We used to have to show ID. And when they changed all that, I mean, I I just think it went to hell in a handbasket. So speaking of that, um, Governor DeSantis, who's always seems to be on the leading edge of these types of things, he just signed Senate Bill 524, which strengthens the voting rules in the state of Florida and establishes the nation's first Office of Election Crimes and Security at the Department of State, which is specifically formed to investigate and prosecute voter fraud. So they're not going to mess around with it. And Texas is is doing something similar to they they definitely prosecute voter fraud in Texas. Um, And we do have to show ID. I mean, it's a big deal in Texas to show ID. So we have a pretty secure election in Texas. And uh, Governor DeSantis has, you know, done a, a big step here in Senate Bill 524 to uh, to have voter fraud be eliminated from Florida, and that includes the the things like uh, ballot harvesting, which is the process of third party volunteers collecting ballots and delivering them to local election offices or ballot drop boxes. And I want to say one more thing about that, Gene. I I forget the state. I want to say Wisconsin, but it could be Pennsylvania. I'm not sure. But they were doing uh, studies just since the last election. They were doing studies on fraud in the states. And what they found was that people that went to these ballot boxes after having harvested votes, they tracked their cell phones to the ballot boxes. And sometimes people made 100 trips to these ballot boxes with armloads of ballots. So you know that there was a lot of fraud going on there because if you are a voter and you're going to put your ballot in the box, you are one person with one ballot and you go one time. Um, So this is a big deal. And I really hope that California does go in that direction. You know, I I still feel like there's a, a good percentage of the population there that is uninformed and that that just votes per the commercial or um, for convenience or doesn't vote at all and somebody votes for them. I, I don't know, but th- that's what worries me. But if they yeah. if they're getting closer to understanding that they need to have, you know, fair elections. But I do know and I've read at least in Texas, I've read about Gavin Newsom that he's not for this. Oh, oh no, they're they're doing everything they can to prevent it from happening. Obviously, every time the the left, you know, their fingers get pried off the white knuckle, uh, the bar of of control, media, propaganda, elections, the whole thing. They they scream. The funny thing about this DeSantis bill, the Dems skipped right over slandering him or the state, everybody in the state of Florida as racist, and they've gone right to calling them the devil. <laughs> It's like we're, you know, they got to kick the ante up to to uh, to slander uh, the people involved in this. This bill is a fabulous template that other states can literally copy word for word and implement in their states. Very much so like the um, forensic audit that uh, that Arizona did. Um, 30 states went and visited them to see how they went through 
the, the forensic audit of the 2020 election. And they took that information back to their local states so that they could then start drafting their own legislation. And a lot of this stuff is, it's nothing that a reasonable person shouldn't embrace to try to protect the, a free and fair election. This is our most sacred right of our, our ability to elect our, our representatives. And why wouldn't we wanna do everything we can to make sure we're keeping it uh, secure and fair? And when, when, the, when the left came in and did this uh, ballot harvesting business and, and immediately wanted to throw out the electoral college and, and did this Zuckerbucks business with this money pouring into these precincts, there wasn't anything on the books to prevent him because who would have ever thought someone would be so, I'm sorry, evil to try to sway the, peop the will of the people? It's, it's just wrong. You can't, and this isn't me as a conservative saying this, I want to hear the voice of the libertarian of the, which I tend to lean to, of the independent, of, of the Green Party for crying out loud. It, they did so much good in the state of California with recycling uh, initiatives and everything back in the day. But, but the reason he's doing this is because it's serious. And we're not talking about chump change or a few thousand votes here. Pennsylvania received $20 million in Zuckerbucks that were used in specific territories as a swing, a swing state to sway the election. And that happened in Wisconsin and Michigan and all of these places. This is not chump change. It's serious. And the money that's being poured in to affect a, 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 a different outcome than the people's will is significant. And it's it's just, it's not fair. And when it happens and it discredits the, the integrity of that, it makes people, it disenfranchises people in their, in their, in their will to, to make a difference. And that's the saddest thing. When I see and talk to Californians who wave their hands in the air and say, oh, what difference does it make? We're never going to get, right? I'm just going to go lay at the beach and enjoy the weather. I want to slap them. <laughs> I want to pull Will Smith and just slap them. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. We, we, we have to protect these, these basic, basic uh, freedoms and rights that we have that, that this country was founded on. Uh, yeah, or, we're voting people in who want to take that very thing from us. Well, yes. Or, or, or allowing them to get voted in by not voting ourselves for the other, yeah, for not having a turnout. Now you talked a little bit about the primary election and uh, California, again, they're all, we're all crazy out here. In 2011, we voted this uh, top two primary uh, thing. And I supported a, a recall of that several years ago and it didn't go anywhere. There wasn't enough money behind it. And I had to spend 15 minutes explaining it to people before they could sign the petition because nobody knew what it was. So we have these jungle primaries where everybody throws their hats in the ring for the primary. And then whoever gets the top two most popular votes, not by, not by a party, but by, by popular vote, they go on to the general election. Well, the problem with that is that people don't show up for the primary. Historically, in almost double digits, turnout for primary elections has been going down for the past 50 since this, since this bill passed. And then they used to show up at the primary 
uh, to vote on like local issues, your water tax and things that happened uh, locally, because that was an incentive for people to show up and vote during the primary. And then they can vote for the other other candidates, because in the old days you had one a Republican on the ballot and a Democrat on the ballot and blah, blah, blah. On the general election, you'd have Libertarian and Independent and Green Party. They were all there on the general election. Now they're not. That's how Kamala Harris, I'm sorry, the rest of the country got into got into the office because there we didn't have we didn't even have a Republican on the ballot. And her her counterpart was, um, you know, uh, didn't didn't do uh, enough of a dent. And she uh, she got into the into the position, um, you know, and part of that is because we've had uh, a real rough time cultivating uh cultivating new talent. And since the Trump era, we've really made inroads on that. We've got people like Scott Pressler out there pounding the pavement. We've got uh, uh, Turning Point USA with Charlie Kirk out there growing the next generation of conservatives starting at the high school level. So the party has kind of woken up and, and taken, taken it by the bull by the horns and by the steering wheel and really started to realize we've got to start down here at the beginning to, to get good candidates, get the people educated, get them get those candidates in front of the people so they know who and why they're, what the issues are and why they need to vote for them. And it's like turning the Titanic, but I, things like what Ron DeSantis is doing, oh, it's like a shining light on the hill, right? He is that city on the hill for the rest of the country. Um, well, and the he, success he of Florida. He definitely is. Yeah. And, he, and he, he has the heroic courage to do these things. And, you know, just mentioning Ron DeSantis, you know, one thing, of course, he had, he has his, the so-called don't say gay bill, which we've talked about before, which is, doesn't say anything about gay. Right. But, <laughs> it doesn't say don't say gay. But, but is, <laughs> right. is, is a family bill in order to not be talking with kids kindergarten to third grade about sexuality and gender identity and those types of things. Okay. Well, and then as you know, he also had the heroic courage to pull from Disney, the, um, the special tax situation that they had because, uh, they started acting like a pack, like a, like exactly. a, like a political pack. And he, and he said, that's, that's not going to happen under my watch. It seems that, and and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be too excited just yet. Disney has capitulated and said they are not going to talk about politics now because they don't want to lose that. They've already lost it. It was voted and signed, but they could put it back if Disney behaves themselves. So interesting to see where that goes, that even though Disney said, oh, you know, we're we're going to still do what we're doing no matter what. Uh, apparently, with a little shock and awe from Governor DeSantis, uh, yeah. they, they've decided to be a little more stand, quiet about yeah, their politics. Stand down. Yeah, well, and I think that that's, there, therein lies the, the rub. Like I said, it's like you, you've got this minority group of people pushing these ra- this radical agenda and that's not where America lives. America lives in the middle. We're all mainly moderates. We want to put food on the table, an honest day's work, have our kids have a better life and, and move forward and let everybody else do the same. And so when you get these minorities putting 
pushing, pushing, pushing into all of these these fundamentals of our of our of our lifetime, our education of the kids, the 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 media, the the entertainment programming that we watch. You can take so much of it before you 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 have to just put raise up your hands and say stop. And and what Ron DeSantis is doing on the money coming in for the election, on Disney getting special considerations when they're acting on, as a political pack, on on infiltrating the the the. Uh, the electorate with all of these crazy uh, taking down all the 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 uh, the borders on um, on uh, on election control and integrity. It's he's just he's just smacking them and saying no, back up, no, can't do that, back up. It, it's like if you let a toddler keep reaching into the candy jar. You can sit there and try to rationalize with them and tell them why candy is not good for them. But you know what's more effective is a good swift slap on the hand and, and you know, and being told, no, you got to stand down. I, I just that, had this conversation. Take that candy jar away. And yes, it works. Yes. And it worked with DeSantis and, you know, yes. Disney has backed down. I, yes. I hope, Jean, for the, the uh, primary that you have, I hope that you're successful in California. Um, I, I hope that the Dominion voting machines are out of play this year, but whatever happens, um, you know, I, I, I want to thank you for the good work that you do because you, you make a big difference out there and I have seen you in action and, and I know how hard that is. I know in Texas, we only had 17% come out for the primaries. Uh, uh, fortunately they went our way, but that's not yeah. enough. So Californians yeah. get out there and vote and everybody else in the country, get out and vote in your primaries and make a difference. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 